Once upon a time, there was a little boy who played the ukulele. Around town he'd go, clink, clunk, clunk, clink, clunk. And the grown-ups would say, take that thing out of here. Not only that, the boy's father got in trouble. The boy's father was a magician. He had a magic wand. He'd go zoop, zoop, and make things disappear. But he played too many tricks on people. He'd come up to someone about to drink a nice cold glass of something. Zoop, the glass disappears. Someone doing a hard job of work. Z, z, z. Up comes the father with his magic wand. Zoop, no saw. He'd come up to someone about to sit down after a hard day's work. Zoop, no chair. People said to the father, you get out of here too. Take your magic wand and your tricks and you and your son just get. The boy and his father were ostracized. That means they made him live on the edge of town. Now in this town, they used to tell stories. The old people used to tell stories about the giants that lived in the old days. They used to tell about a giant called Abiyoyo. They said he was as tall as a tree and could eat people up. Of course, nobody believed the story, but they told it anyway. One day, one day, the sun rose blood red over the hill. The first people got up and looked out the window. They saw a great big shadow in front of the sun. They could feel the whole ground shake. Women screamed and strong men fainted. Run for your lives! Abiyoyo is coming! He comes to the sheep pasture. He grabs a whole sheep. Yowp! He comes to the cow pasture. He grabs a whole cow. Yunk! Men yelled, grab your most precious possessions and run! Run! Just then, the boy and his father woke up. Hey, Pa, what's coming over the fields? Why, son, that's Abiyoyo. Oh, if only I could get him to lie down, I could make him disappear. The boy says, come with me, Pa. He grabbed his father by the hand. The father gets the magic wand and the boy gets his ukulele and they run across the field. People yelled, don't go near him, he'll eat you alive. There was Abiyoyo. He had long fingernails cause he never cut them. He had slobbery teeth cause he didn't brush them. Stinking feet cause he didn't wash them. Matted hair cause he didn't comb it. He raised up with his claws. Just then, the boy whips out his ukulele. Abiyoyo, abiyoyo. Well, you know, the giant had never heard a song about himself before. A foolish grin spread over his face, and the giant started to dance. Abiyoyo, Abiyoyo. 
the boy went faster. And faster. The giant got out of breath. He staggered. He fell flat down on the ground. Up steps the father. Zoop. Zoop. People looked out their windows. He's gone. Abayoyo's disappeared. The people ran across the fields. They lifted the boy and his father up on their shoulders. They say, come back to town. Bring your ukulele. We don't care anymore. And they all sang. Abuela takes me on the bus. We go all around the city. Abuela is my grandma. She is my mother's mother. Abuela means grandma in Spanish. Abuela speaks mostly Spanish because that's what people spoke where she grew up before she came to this country. Abuela and I are always going places. Today, we are going to the park. El parque es lindo, says Abuela. I know what she means. I think the park is beautiful, too. Tantos pájaros, Abuela says, as a flock of birds surrounds us. So many birds. They're picking up the bread we bought. What if they picked me up and carried me high above the park? What if I could fly? Abuela would wonder where I was. Swooping like a bird, I'd call to her. Then she'd see me flying. Rosalba the bird. Rosalba el pájaro, she'd say. Ven, Abuela. Come, Abuela, I'd say. Si, sí, quiero volar, Abuela would reply as she leaped into the sky with her skirt flapping in the wind. We would fly all over the city. Mira, Abuela would say, pointing. And I'd look as we soared over parks and streets, dogs and people. We'd wave to the people waiting for the bus. 
Buenos dias, we'd say. Buenos dias, good morning, they'd call up to us. We'd fly over factories and trains and glide close to the sea. Cerca del mar, we'd say. We'd almost touch the tops of the waves. Abuela's skirt would be a sail. She could race with the sailboats. I'll bet she'd win. We'd fly to where the ships are docked and watch people unload fruits from the land where Abuela grew up. Mangoes, bananas, papayas, those are all Spanish words. So are rodeo, patio, and burro. Maybe we'd see a cousin of Abuela's hooking boxes of fruit to a crane. We saw her cousin Daniel once unloading and loading the ships. Out past the boats in the harbor, we'd see the Statue of Liberty. Me gusta, Abuela would say. Abuela really likes her. I do too. We would circle around Liberty's head and wave to the people visiting her. That would remind Abuela of when she first came to this country. Vamos al aeropuerto, she'd say. She'd take me to the airport where the plane that first brought her landed. Cuidado, Abuela would tell me. We'd have to be careful as we went for a short ride. Then we would fly to Tio Pablo's and Tia Elisa's store. Pablo is my uncle, my tío, and Elisa is my aunt, my tía. They'd be surprised when we flew in, but they'd offer us a cool limonada. Flying is hot work. Pero quiero volar más, Abuela would say. She wants to fly more. I want to fly more, too. We could fly to Las Nubes, the clouds. One looks like a cat, un gato. One looks like a bear, un oso. One looks like a chair, una silla. Descansemos un momento, Abuela would say. She wants to rest a moment. We would rest in our chair, and Abuela would hold me in her arms, with the whole sky, our house, nuestra casa. We'd be as high as airplanes, balloons, and birds, and higher than the tall buildings downtown. But we'd fly there, too, to look around. We could find the building where my father works. Hola, papá, I'd say as I waved, and Abuela would do a flip for fun as we passed by the windows. Mira, I hear Abuela say. Look she's telling me. I do look, and we are back in the park. We are walking by the lake. Abuela probably wants to go for a boat ride. Vamos a otra aventura, she says. She wants us to go for another adventure. That's just one of the things I love about Abuela. She likes adventures. Abuela takes my hand. Vamos, she says. Let's go.
When Joseph was a baby, his grandfather made him a wonderful blanket to keep him warm and cozy and to chase away bad dreams. But as Joseph grew older, the wonderful blanket grew older too. One day his mother said to him, Joseph, look at your blanket. It's frazzled, it's worn, it's unsightly, it's torn. It is time to throw it out. Grandpa can fix it, Joseph said. Joseph's grandfather took the blanket and turned it round and round. Hmm, he said, as his scissors went snip, 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 and his needle flew in and out and in and out. There's just enough material here to make a wonderful jacket. Joseph put on the wonderful jacket and went outside to play. But as Joseph grew older, the wonderful jacket grew older too. One day his mother said to him, Joseph, look at your jacket. It's shrunken and small. It doesn't fit you at all. It is time to throw it out. Grandpa can fix it, Joseph said. Joseph's grandfather took the jacket and turned it round and round. Hmm, he said, as his scissors went snip, 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 and his needle flew in and out and in and out. There's just enough material here to make a wonderful vest. Joseph wore the wonderful vest to school the very next day. But as Joseph grew older... The wonderful vest grew older, too. One day his mother said to him, Joseph, look at your vest. It's spotted with glue, and there's paint on it, too. It is time to throw it out. Grandpa can fix it, Joseph said. Joseph's grandfather took the vest and turned it round and round. Hmm, he said as his scissors went snip, snip, snip and his needle flew in and out and in and out. There's just enough material here to make a wonderful tie. Joseph wore the wonderful tie to his grandparents' house every Friday. But as Joseph grew older, his wonderful tie grew older too. One day his mother said to him, Joseph, look at your tie. This big stain of soup makes the end of it droop. It is time to throw it out. Grandpa can fix it, Joseph said. Joseph's grandfather took the tie and turned it round and round. Hmm, he said, as his scissors went snip, 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 and his needle flew in and out and in and out. There's just enough material here to make a wonderful handkerchief. Joseph used the wonderful handkerchief to keep his pebble collection safe. But as Joseph grew older, his wonderful handkerchief grew older too. One day his mother said to him, Joseph, look at your handkerchief. It's been used till it's tattered. It's splotched and it's splattered. It is time to throw it out. Grandpa can fix it, Joseph said. Joseph's grandfather took the handkerchief and turned it round and round. Hmm, he said, as his scissors went snip, 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 and his needle flew in and out and in and out. There's 
just enough material here to make a wonderful button. Joseph wore the wonderful button on his suspenders to hold his pants up. One day his mother said to him, Joseph, where's your button? Joseph looked. It was gone. He searched everywhere, but he could not find it. Joseph ran down to his grandfather's house. My button, my wonderful button is lost. His mother ran after him. Joseph, listen to me. Your button is gone, finished, kaput. Even your grandfather can't make something from nothing. Joseph's grandfather shook his head sadly. I'm afraid that your mother is right, he said. The next day, Joseph went to school. Hmm, he said, as his pen went scritch-scratch, scritch-scratch over the paper. There's just enough material here to make a wonderful story. Kimiko watched Papa putting up the pole. I must fix the lowest hook this year, he said. For my kite? asked Kimiko hopefully. For baby Yukio's, Papa answered. Kimiko ran to the calendar and counted the days. The fifth day of the fifth month would be here soon. She would ask again tomorrow. Kimiko peeked around the door to see them. The fish kites lay flat. Kimiko knew they were saving their energy for the special day. Then they would fight the current, dancing and diving on waves of air against the blue sky and the frothy white clouds. Kimiko admired Taro's red and yellow fish and Tomi's blue and green fish. But it was Yukio's that made her sigh with longing. Orange and black and white, she said, the perfect calico carp. If I had a daughter, she said, I would let her have a fish to fly high in the blue sky, and it would be just like Yukio's. Then Kimiko pouted. Some day I will have a daughter, but that is much too long to wait. The next morning Kimiko sipped her breakfast tea and asked most politely, May I have a carp to fly this year? Papa said, You know that we fly the carp for sons only, little daughter. But the festival is no longer called Boys' Day. It is called Children's Day, Kimiko said. I am a child, too. Yes, agreed Papa, and we celebrate you as well. But we cannot change the tradition. But I am as brave as Taro, and as strong as Tomi, and much, much bigger than Yukio. Yes, Mama repeated, but that is the tradition. Kimiko frowned, and Mama said, do you remember what March 3rd was, just two months ago? Kimiko thought for a minute, then she remembered. It was the doll festival. We unpacked all the special dolls and set them up on bright cloth, and I asked Hana and Matsuko to come for rice cakes and candies. Mama smiled. Yes, 
a day just for you. Not absolutely just for me, Kimiko recalled. I shared it with Yukio. Ah, yes, Mama remembered. You let him come to your party, too. Even if he is a boy, Kimiko said. Even if he is a boy, Mama laughed. Mama, asked Kimiko. Yes, little daughter. Do you think we could unpack the dolls so I could see them? Mama shook her head. You know the tradition, Kimiko. The dolls are not for playing. They are unpacked only once a year for their very special festival. But Mama, once a year is much too long to wait, Kimiko argued. Mama sighed. You remind me of the carp, Kimiko, always wanting to swim against the current. Kimiko's voice was butterfly soft. Just one, she dared to whisper. Mama looked into Kimiko's eyes. You have convinced me, little daughter. But, she said, holding up a firm finger, just one. Kimiko bowed. Thank you, Mama. Then she worried a bit. Are we breaking the tradition, Mama? No, little daughter, not exactly. You might say we are merely bending it a little. Like I did by sharing my doll festival day with Yukio? Yes, Kimiko, like you did by sharing your day with Yukio, Mama said. Children's Day dawned on Kimiko's village. Papa hung the carp kites one, two, three. Kimiko held her breath. One by one they puffed to their fullest and swam, flicking their tails sideways, big, brave fish using their strength against the current. Kimiko breathed out and exclaimed, Beautiful! Oh, how I wish I had a carp! Tomi yelled out, See mine? It is strongest! Taro shouted, Mine is fullest! See? Little Yukio waved his chubby hands in delight. That night, Kimiko closed her eyes to sleep. In her dreams, the colorful carp danced wildly on the wind. When morning came, sunshine crept under Kimiko's eyelids and pushed them awake. Kimiko blinked. And blinked again. She saw a bowl of water on a tray, glistening and gleaming. Kimiko's eyes grew wide with wonder. She peered into the cool, clear water at the beautiful fish that boldly bobbed up to the surface, all orange and black and white, the perfect calico carp. Kimiko padded out to the table where Mama and Papa were sipping their breakfast tea. For me? she asked simply. For you, Mama said. A carp for Kimiko. Many moons and many moons ago, a coyote lived in a canyon by a swift-running river. He spent his days roaming the land, chasing butterflies and sniffing wildflowers. He lay awake many nights, gazing at the starry heavens. One summer night, 
as he was relaxing in the cool grass with his friend Bear, Coyote had an idea. I think I will climb to the heavens and discover their secrets. Bear scratched his big head and asked, How can you do that? I can get up there with no trouble at all, Coyote said. Now, Coyote was very skillful with a bow and arrow. He gathered a very large pile of arrows and began to shoot them at the sky. The first arrow whistled through the air and landed on the moon. Coyote launched a second arrow, which caught in the notch of the first. Whirr went one arrow, whizz went the next, and on and on until this long line of arrows made a ladder. Coyote then began to climb. He climbed for many days and nights until he finally reached the moon. He slept all that day as he was very tired. That night, Coyote had another clever idea. He wondered if he could move the stars around by shooting at them with his remaining arrows. His first arrow hit a star and moved it across the sky. He found he could place the stars wherever he wanted. Coyote wagged his bushy tail and yelped for joy. He was going to make pictures in the sky for all the world to see. First, he decided to make a coyote. So he shot one arrow after another until the stars were arranged in the shape of a coyote. Next, he thought of his friend Bear and placed the stars in the form of a bear. Coyote worked all night creating likenesses of all his friends, mountain lion, horse, goat, fish, owl, and eagle. And with the stars he had left over, he made a big road across the sky. When he was finished, he began to descend his ladder back to earth. That night, when the bright moon rose in the east, Coyote saw his handiwork and began to howl. Was carried on the wind through the shadows of the canyon. Birds and animals awoke suddenly and listened to the mysterious sound. It seemed to be calling to them. From canyons and mesas, hills and plains they came, following the sound. Bears bounded out of their dens. Squirrels scampered and rabbits hippity-hopped over the hills. Bobcats crept and bristly porcupines waddled along the trail. Graceful deer moved swiftly while lizards slowly crawled across the desert. Silvery fish splashed their way upstream. The mighty mountain lion and herds of buffalo joined the journey. The great eagle soared over moonlit mountains. On and on went the parade of animals, following Coyote's magical voice. Finally, Coyote appeared high on a rock. The animals formed a huge circle and all became quiet. 
Coyote's eyes blazed with pride as he said, Animals and birds and all who are gathered here, please look at the sky. You will see the stars are arranged in the shapes of animals. I made a ladder to the moon, and from there I shot my arrows to create the pictures you see. As the animals looked up, a great chorus of hoofing and whiffing, screeching and squawking filled the air. I made a coyote and my friend Bear. You will see the mysterious owl, the great eagle, the goat, horse, fish, and the mighty mountain lion. This is my handiwork, and I hope that all who see it will remember Coyote and all the animals of the canyon. The animals gave a great feast for Coyote, and they sang and danced through the night. The animals decreed that Coyote was the most clever and crafty of all the animals. Coyote was so grateful that he declared, I will always be your friend and the friend of your children's children. Now to this day, if you listen closely in the still of the night, as the moon is rising, you may even hear the magical howl of Coyote. He is calling you to go to your window, to gaze at the star pictures, and to dream.